Anne was only 32 years old, a young wife to a prominent southern politician, and a mother of four, when she fell ill and suddenly collapsed. Soon after, the family doctor visited the home and gave the sad news that she had passed away. Her body was then dressed for internment, and on the morning of the third day, she was placed in a coffin and taken to the family mausoleum vault. It was said that the family visited the vault regularly during this time. Nearly a week had gone by when the cemetery sexton, who had come to clean up and arrange to put new flowers on her casket, made a discovery. He had heard a faint voice calling for assistance, and it was coming from inside the vault. He quickly opened the casket to reveal she had in fact not died, but had been in a comatose-like state due to her health condition, which had slowed her breathing down so slow it had appeared as if she were dead. She soon recovered, and as the story goes, 15 months later, she bore to her husband, the governor of Virginia, a son. That son would grow up to be one of the greatest generals in United States history. That person was none other than General Robert E. Lee. So, did that story really happen? Well, there are a lot of people who are skeptical about the validity of the tale. However, the Lee family, for generations going back, believed the story to be true. So much so, that Lee's great-nephew was interviewed speaking about it for several newspapers nearly 60 years after General Lee's death. According to old newspaper clippings, Anne had suffered from poor health for some time and due to a prolonged trance of catalepsy, she was mistakenly pronounced dead. And so the urban legend had begun for this family. And to this day, it still lingers. Anne Carter Lee's Find a Grave Memorial even mentions this story as a family myth. But again, we do not have any records stating either way whether the story took place or not. Was there truth to the family recollection? Or was this just an over-the-top embellishment of a real event that somehow became larger than life as the years passed by? Some stories we may never have answers to. But let's go down that rabbit hole to further investigate another urban legend of a similar nature. I am your host, Jamie Rubio, and this is Stories of the Forgotten. I have always been intrigued by urban legends. The idea that a story can become so profound and so unbelievable that it literally takes on a life of its own. In my many years of researching and writing about various stories of forgotten people in history, I have come across several tales associated with different urban legends. This story would be no exception. Over the years, the urban legends rolling around Pikeville, Kentucky, in regard to the death of a woman known as Octavia Hatcher, also seems to have taken on a life of its own. When I heard about the story of Octavia Hatcher, the woman who was mistakenly buried alive while in a mysterious coma, I was taken by it. Mrs. Hatcher was born Octavia Smith to parents Jacob and Pricey Smith of Kentucky on May 21, 1870. 
Her father was a successful dry goods merchant, having listed $7,000 in real estate value on the 1870 census, which was significantly larger than the majority of the neighbors at the time. In 1889, at the age of 19, Octavia married James Hatcher. Jim, as people called him, was a store clerk in the 1880s. By the age of 18, he went into business himself, eventually becoming one of the most successful businessmen in the county, dabbling in mining, timber, as well as many more business ventures throughout his lifetime. By spring of 1890, Octavia became pregnant with their son, Jacob. On January 4, 1891, Octavia gave birth to their child. However, the child passed away within hours of being born, as his death date is the same as his birth date. Octavia was devastated by her loss and soon fell into a dark depression. By April, Octavia had grown ill to the point she was bedridden, eventually slipping into a comatose state, and on May 2, 1891, she was pronounced dead. Soon after her death, Octavia was buried at the Pikeville Cemetery alongside the grave of her newborn baby. It wasn't until years later that the rumors that Octavia Hatcher wasn't really dead when she was buried, but was only in a comatose state, started spreading. Allegedly, only after other people in town had fallen ill in a similar manner but had awakened from their sleeping sickness, they claimed that James Hatcher demanded her coffin be exhumed, to which a horrific sight was found. As the story goes, they opened her coffin to find her fingernails were bloody and broken, and the lining of the coffin was shredded. She had been buried alive. It doesn't stop there. The rumors even claim that Jim Hatcher was so terrified of being buried alive himself that he had a special coffin built for him so that when he died, he could escape if he was also buried alive. If Octavia's body was exhumed and found to have been buried alive, as many claimed, where is the proof of this? Where are the records? Where are the notes from the doctor who performed the exhumation and examination of her body? Where is the order to exhume her body? Most importantly, why has no one posted this information to the public if it is in fact true? I reached out to several people in Pikeville in regards to Octavia's death, requesting the list of sources and dates of documents to prove if she was in fact exhumed and examined. No one has any records and this is because I believe no such proof exists. According to Polly Hopkins, the Pike County Museum Director for the Big Sandy Heritage Center, she stated, and I quote, For the record, I have never assumed this story was factual because many people I've spoken to have said that there are no documents to support the fact that she had the sleeping disease, that she was buried alive, or even that her body was exhumed. That being said, when I've expressed my skepticism about the story, other people have said that of course there wouldn't be any records. James Hatcher was one of the richest and most powerful men in Pikeville, and if he didn't want the story to go public, he had the means to prevent that from happening. The origins of this story are a mystery to me." Unquote. 
According to Edna Fugate, archivist and librarian at the Alara Library in the University of Pikeville, she plainly states, quote, There is a gap in microfilm for months on either side of her death, so there is no material from the time of the event available. I will say that in every article I have located about Mr. Hatcher, every letter he wrote that we have, even his obituaries, Octavia is mentioned. The loss of his wife had such an impact on him that the connection seemed permanent. It is worth noticing, however, that even though she is mentioned in everything, there is never a discussion of an unusual death, just an untimely one." Unquote. As interesting as it may seem about the sudden gap in microfilm for months surrounding the death of Octavia in 1891, as Miss Fugate stated, Though many times Octavia's death is mentioned in the historical material they have on file, none of these speak about her death as being unusual. Personally, I do not believe that Mr. Hatcher would have suppressed those records had they been true. I have done significant research into this man's life, and that would go against his character completely. He loved history and he loved folklore. As much as he loved Octavia, if there was a shred of truth to the urban legend surrounding her death, there would have been something documented pertaining to it out there, but no one has ever seemed to find anything. When James Hatcher died in 1939, there was no mention of the horrible ordeal of Octavia's death in the papers either. I've found many times in the past that if your life had some sort of tragedy or scandal, when you died your obituary would mention it, that was just how it was in those days, yet there was no mention of the buried alive story at all. In an article in the Milwaukee Sentinel dated August 3, 1959, it spoke about remembering Uncle Jim and his Hatcher Hotel. It mentions James Hatcher's life, his interests, and his character, but not one time does it go into details about Octavia's death. When he built his hotel, he literally turned the lower floors into a museum. And yes, he did have a distinct safety coffin with an escape hatch on it, but that was only because it was on display for his visitors. It wasn't made for him to be buried in, and there are no documentation out there that would say otherwise. The idea of being buried alive was a fear that had been popularized by the mid-19th century, when panic among many started after writer and poet Edgar Allan Poe's works The Premature Burial, The Black Cat, and The Cask of Amontillado mentioned such scenarios as being buried alive. This caused more dread and fear during that time period, and it influenced safety coffins to be created. Jim Hatcher loved oddities, and he loved history. He wasn't the type to stifle or withhold it, but instead he enjoyed sharing it with the world in any way that he could. Had there been a story to tell, surely it would have been told even then, but it wasn't. Could it be maybe because there was no story to tell? So what about after Mr. Hatcher died? It wouldn't make much sense for a newspaper when recalling James Hatcher's life so many years after he died that they would not mention the true story had it occurred knowing all too well that he was no longer alive to stop them. No, 
I believe that this idea that Mr. Hatcher buried secrets about his wife's death is just another addition of false information in this urban legend. I also believe that his fascination with the odd casket he purchased to put in his museum at his hotel may have inadvertently sparked rumors about the premature burial theory. There are many questions as to why or how this urban legend got started and picked up steam over the years, yet there are several factors that, if added up, can actually explain a lot in this case and put the story to rest. Going back, where are the records that mention these other residents who also fell ill? According to research done by Herma Shelton, she came up with the theory that the tsetse fly caused this illness. According to this theory, an insect indigenous to Africa somehow traveled to Kentucky in 1891 without infecting anyone else in the process and first infected Octavia and only a handful of other residents in Pikeville. Does that sound possible? Octavia's husband was a merchant, and he did own a warehouse that provided most of the items for the residents and were shipped in on steamboats to the area. But it seems highly unlikely that out of all the people the fly could have come in contact with on its way there, it waited to the end of the line to infect Octavia. According to the book A Fever in Salem, there was a mention of a strange sleeping sickness that struck residents in Italy during 1891. Those who recovered suffered symptoms similar to that of Parkinson's disease. It was later diagnosed as encephalitis lethargica. This disease is not the same as the sleeping sickness caused by the tsetse fly. Although many records state that a pandemic of encephalitis lethargica swept across the world during 1916 through 1927, the facts show an earlier epidemic they called Noma actually started in Italy and Austria in 1890. Could Octavia have been in contact with something imported from Italy that made her ill? I think that if it's possible to believe a fly from Africa came all the way across the Atlantic only to first infect Octavia, that the idea she may have been in contact with an imported item from Italy, possibly through her husband's shipping business, isn't too far-fetched to ponder. Still, the television show Mysteries at the Museum claimed it was actually a toxic gas or fume from the coal mines nearby, that may have affected Octavia and the other residents who took ill, though they do not specify what type of toxin or gas in their statement. Even that seems more of a possibility than the tsetse fly theory. No matter what was the cause of this mysterious illness that first struck Mrs. Octavia Hatcher, unfortunately, without scientific proof of what afflicted her, we cannot say for sure what made her sick. So now comes the haunting part of the urban legend that has become so popular over the years. But first, I must explain what I believe may have triggered the ghost story associated with Octavia's death. During my investigation into Octavia's life and death, I also researched her husband James Hatcher. What I found was an immense collection of information about his life and interests, Something that stood out to me was the fact that he was a history buff. In fact, he could not get enough of it. 
He was known for telling stories about the forgotten history of the areas in which he lived. One such story stuck out as it sounded eerily familiar with the ghost stories that people have attached to his wife. According to the articulately written article by Henry P. Scoff that ran in the Floyd County Times on June 21, 1956, he mentions Jim Hatcher and his love for history, as well as the history of his land. Quote, Years ago, so long ago, no one now living remembers when, a woman with a babe in her arms was walking along this road. It was late in the evening, when the shadows were falling across the leafy trail. She was seen by someone, nobody remembers whom. When she was midway across the bottom, there was a roar from the mountainside and a giant rock came crashing down the hill. Suddenly, there was a long, piercing scream, and after that, silence filled the twilight. People say today that the woman and her baby are buried under the giant stone. Some say that even today, on certain evenings, a woman draped in black can be seen walking around the eternal rock looking for her child. Others say that each year, on the anniversary of her death, screams can be heard. The Battle of Ivy Narrows is history, and the history of the rock is legend. Jim Hatcher loved both. Unquote. This article right here is talking about the story that I believe may have inadvertently triggered Octavia's ghost story. You see... This story that James Hatcher told and retold over the years was about a woman and her child from long ago. Long before Octavia, he or anyone in the area had ever been born. He was talking about the history and folklore of the residents in that area from generations past, long before him. He was enamored with history and lore. If you look into stories surrounding Octavia's grave at the Pikeville Cemetery, you will find postings saying that on the anniversary of her death, people see a woman in black crying for her child. This story about Octavia's ghost or a woman in black searching for her child crying is from the story James Hatcher told locals, which had nothing to do with his wife's story. If you search online, you will also see posts about her monument turning its back on the town for burying her alive. However, it's been proven that college students had been messing with the stone for years, playing pranks as well as people vandalizing the monument, and that explains the moving of her monument. Some books and websites claim that her monument once held a baby in her right arm. Again, just like the story I just mentioned. This folklore of the woman and her baby who were crushed by the falling boulder has somehow attached itself to Octavia's urban legend. This idea that Octavia's statue had her holding a baby is a complete fabrication. In 1892, a year after her death, a beautiful monument was erected in honor of Octavia and commissioned by her husband James. The Daily Review out of Decatur, Illinois, 
published September 28, 1892, states, quote, The most unique tombstone known in this section was shipped from the city. It is a statue of the late Mrs. James Hatcher, the deceased wife of a Pikeville, Kentucky banker. It is in marble and is the exact height of the deceased and is a perfect likeness of her, a cabinet photograph having been used as a model. In the right hand is a parasol, the hand having an immense ring. Even the fashion of the dress is copied, unquote. Over the years, people have spread their own ghost stories mixing fact and fiction, creating a larger-than-life story about Octavia that is more than likely not true. Octavia's statue never held a baby. The only baby connected to her in the cemetery is the separate headstone that rests near her, which has a carved infant on it. This was placed for her infant child, Jacob, who died at birth January 4, 1891. When I decided to research the story of Octavia Hatcher, I didn't go into it with the mindset of disproving the story. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I actually wanted to tell her story to the world, but I wanted to make sure it was told accurately. Nowadays, no one questions stories such as these, and so urban legends continue to be told incorrectly. People assume that if it's been told the same way for all these years, that it must be true. In my line of work, I have found more often than not, most urban legend stories can actually be proven false. If you watch the program Mysteries at the Museum or read online about Octavia's story, it may seem like serious research was done on the subject in order for so many people to be so adamant that this event actually took place, right? Well, in most cases, these types of stories with over-the-top myth and lore usually start somewhere in reality. But over time, they become blown out of proportion due to fiction being added in as fact. I wanted to find all the recorded information on Octavia's life and death so I could tell her story correctly. It was then that I started to notice too many people were posting the same story verbatim. And that's a red flag. It shows that people out there are not willing to do the research themselves or look up the earliest known sources on the subject matter. How do you know where they found their information? Especially if they do not cite their sources. You don't. Therefore, you cannot trust information unless it can be backed up by a source. In conclusion, the urban legend of Octavia Hatcher has proven itself to me to be a highly sensationalized and fabricated tale woven from a few small threads of history. If by chance someone out there has documentation to prove my theory is wrong, then please, by all means, show me the proof, and I would be more than happy to correct my information. However, if there are no records showing that Octavia Hatcher's body was exhumed to show that she was buried alive, then this story of this poor woman that has been circulating all these years has been a farce, and out of respect, it should be corrected. As I stated earlier, even the museum director in Pikeville stated that there are no documents supporting the theory of either the sleeping disease or that her body had ever been exhumed. One of 
James Hatcher's favorite quotes that hung on one of the walls in his Hatcher Hotel was always tell the truth and you will never have to remember what you said. I think he would have appreciated the lengths I went to tell his wife's story accurately and truthfully, as well as his own. I also believe he would have appreciated that I wanted to make sure the world remembered both of them, as I believe everyone has a story to tell, and no one deserves to be forgotten.